Welcome to Scope of Practice, a podcast that opens a window for an inside look into different practice groups and the lives of attorneys in those groups here at Ropes and Gray. I'm Yoni Levy, an associate in our asset management group based in Boston. On this episode, I'm joined by Chidi Ote, an associate in our asset management and sports groups, also based in Boston. Hi, Chidi. Why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself, where you fit in the practice group at Ropes and Gray, what your practice areas are, and, and how you came to those? Absolutely. That's a great question. So I'm a rising sixth year, um, and like like you said, an asset management group in Boston. My mentors and some associate for asset management attorneys. I didn't really know what I wanted to do. My older brother was an M&A attorney at Simpson Thatcher, um, but otherwise not very many lawyers in our family. And so I didn't know what I wanted to do even after my summer at Ropes, which is a lot of fun. I didn't know I wanted to work with that asset management group. I really wanted to work with those people. So whatever they were doing was kind of my, I'll do that. I'll join the, I'll join that club. Who is your mentor as a, as a summer associate? And I'm just curious. <laughs> so uh, one is still here um, and is a partner, uh, Katie Waite. Um, the other two, uh, Mike Dore and Heather Smith, um, each went on to pretty prestigious jobs at Ropes and Great Clients. Um, Mike Dore being at Fidelity and Heather Smith being at Bracebridge. Oh, wow. That's awesome. Um, I, I like all those people quite a lot. So yeah. <laughs> uh, I was just curious. I always, I always have a fun time interviewing folks from asset management in particular because there's such overlap uh, in the people we work with. So um, that's awesome. Katie, Katie's one of my favorite people at the firm. So um, I could see why you would, why you would decide you want to uh, keep working with her. Um, and, and it's interesting that you made a people-based decision, which I think is, a, is ends up being what happens to a lot of people, right? You just click with certain people and you, and those people are attracted to the same work style that you are attracted to. So it's a self-feeding cycle, right? You work with people whom you like working with, but also you like working with them because you all have very similar sort of work styles. So um, that's pretty interesting. Uh, and, and how have you found... Uh, since you've made that decision, <laughs> people-based, how have you found how have you found that worked out for you in in the big picture so far? I mean, I, I'm pretty biased, and uh, but I think it's been great. I think the advice that I got when I was choosing a firm for my older brother and some of my mentors was the same advice. Um, I played college football, and I was choosing between schools for college football. And one of my football mentors told me to choose um, a school that you'd go to if you didn't play football. So if football was out of the picture, where would you go? Um, and so I chose my school based on that. And then um, the same sort of advice was if you could just go work in an organization, no matter what you were doing, whether it was law or anything, um, where would you go and who would you work with? And that was kind of how I based my um, my thought process with the ropes. And I think, I mean, it, 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 it bared out. Um, I left ropes after my third year for a really – cool opportunity with the Oakland A's to be their associate counsel with a very high profile um, title and organization. Um, and even though like the majority of the people, I would say at the Oakland A's were, were really amazing. The organization was great. The city was amazing, but um, you sometimes take for granted um, the people that you get to work with um, from top to bottom, the, the community-based approach that ropes has, you know, from the minute you walk in um, to to like the clients that we have. Um, so, I mean, I found it great, um, so great that I left and came back 
Um, but yeah, so that, I mean, I, even, even when I was gone, um, I would still be interested in what, um, people that I was working with at ropes were doing, came back to visit a lot. Um, you know, went to some sporting events with, with Katie, just to name drop Katie again. Um, but yeah, I, I, I found that the asset management group is, is, um, particularly close. So yeah, I'm glad you mentioned the the you know the time you spent outside of ropes. I think that's a unique perspective that we have not had the fortune of having on the podcast before. Uh, I think I may have mentioned that I've had there's plenty of people who leave and come back, um, and I think I think the recruiting people call them returnees, which is you know um, that's right. Uh, uh, a little kitschy, but um, but it's it's quite common because I think people find when they leave um, that you know there's something missing or you know that they want to keep pursuing the opportunity at ropes. So I think that you have a, a unique perspective as one of those people who who did that. Um, I'm not sure you know what ropes' relationship, if any, is with the Oakland A's, but I'm not sure if anyone you worked with outside for the period that you were outside of ropes had sort of a perception of what ropes and gray is like on the inside, but I'd be curious to hear if you, if you have a sense of what the external perception is of, of the firm. I applied to this position for the Oakland A's where I was a few years underqualified. And one thing um, that the AGC mentioned um, as part of her screening process was that she knows that ropes and gray attorneys are really well-trained. Um, and so that, I guess it kind of gave me a, like a two year boost, um, in what they were looking for in, uh, in their recruiting process. So you mentioned mentors, uh, a few times in, in your comments. So I'm wondering if we could talk a little bit more about what mentorship has been like at the firm from a formal and informal perspective, sort of, maybe you could tell us which one is more important to you and, and, you know, how, how you feel mentorship is up and down the chain. I think this is another unique point about asset management. When um, when everything happened last summer around George Floyd and organizations were focused on um, really concentrating their diversity efforts and trying to see what they could do more for their diverse, diverse um, employees, Ropes similarly took um, a, a look inside and, and surveyed um, diverse attorneys. And one comment that came up was um, being diligent about informal uh, mentorship review and feedback. And so um, there was a firm-wide um, effort to kind of, you know, formalize certain, certain aspects of, of review and feedback and mentorship. And um, for me, um, when that process came about, because I, I found my, like I, I was, they were formalizing things that were already happening um, in the asset management group. Um, you know, my, my quote unquote formal mentor, I, I already uh, had hour blocks on their calendar every month um, prior to the initiative. Um, so I think both formally and informally, um, you know, for asset management group, um, when we were when we were still the hedge funds group, we would um, get together in New York and you know we'd spend a little bit of time talking about hedge funds and the industry and things like that. But um, most of the time, it would devolve into personal and family conversations. And um, in the Boston group, particularly, we would 
um, have karaoke in Katie's basement. We called it Katie-oki. Um, the times where you could really un- peel back the layer and get to know people and um, develop, um, you know, r- relationships where, uh, you know, a lot of times mentors are, are invested in you and, and, and take pride in you when you succeed. But I feel like um, the mentors that I found not only are invested in my success, but um, sometimes feel ownership or take take um, take ownership if I'm not given the tools to succeed and somehow um, I fall short of what my potential or expectations are. And so, um, you know, I think that that's something that's been organic and something that, but, you know, also really appreciate the fact that it's also a formal and, and, and tracked thing now. Um, you know, so, I mean, it, it's, it's, it's kind of good on both sides, right? The informal part has already been there. Um, but for people that maybe aren't as um, extroverted as I am or, you know, um, you know, don't have those types of relationships, you know, there's also that formal process now in place. Yeah, interesting. Uh, I, I think you mentioned a few things that I, wanna, I, I wanted to talk about a bit more. Uh, the first is Kadioki, which is to say, you know, when, when the asset management groups merged together under the new umbrella group, I was pretty excited about the opportunity, you know, to be as a, as someone more on the closed end side, um, I was excited to be part of the same group as, you know, more formally <laughs> part of the same group as you all. Cause I thought maybe I would get invited to Kadioki. Um, but then, but then, um, COVID got in a bit of the way and, I haven't been invited yet, but I, I can't wait for it to pick back up so I can, I can come. The private investment funds group, which has also merged into asset management, which was the group I was in, um, also had one or two karaoke-related events, but not quite as fun as um, a regular thing in someone's basement that was, you know, at a bar here or there. So, um, so um, I, at first, just wanted to give a shout out to that, that I, you know, I hope to be included. Um, oh, yeah. Keep, keep that in mind. <laughs> the, the, uh, the second thing was the, the point you made about sort of asset management being a leader within the firm on some of these firm initiatives. Um, I, I hadn't thought about that in particular, but I think you're right, because I recall also, you know, when we when the firm rolled out this new availability feedback system where people self-report how much time they think they have, you know, on, on a color scale, um, you know, you're red, you're slammed, you can't take any more work or you're yellow, you have a steady week or green. I remember that was um, that was piloted in the asset manager group well in advance of it being rolled out to the rest of the firm. Um, and I think it worked really well, and that's part of why it was rolled out to the rest of the firm. Uh, and so I, I think you're right that we are always part of that. And I think that availability system, but also, like you said, the formalization of the mentor, of some of the mentorship approaches and, and those kinds of things are, you know, not only focused on uh, introverted, extroverted distinctions, but also generally on diversity and inclusion, um, which, which has broadly been uh, a big focus of the firm overall, doing, you know, trainings and the like to try and uh, you know, make us all sensitive and aware to diversity and inclusion issues, but also trying to make sure that we have, uh, on top of just the informal culture, that we have the formal uh, pieces in in place so that no one feels like, you know, they're not part of the, you know, for some reason they feel excluded from the informal piece. There's always the, the formal piece as, as backup. Um, I'm not sure if you've been at all involved in the diversity and inclusion efforts uh, at the firm or, or how you found that generally. No, that's right. Um, I have, so, it, um, you know, one of the things that I like a lot about 
my time at ropes is that um even being as i've been um you know growing as a relatively junior associate i've been able to participate in kind of all manner of things or you know around the same time the firm um brought together um you know administrative staff partners policy committee members and associates um for a, a race equity and inclusion task force and i was uh, fortunate enough to be um, asked to be a part of it and a lot of the suggestions and a lot of the things that um we were um pushing we had we had you know examples or foundations of them um in the asset management group um that we were able to build upon curate and develop uh for some firm-wide policies and so um you know I'm, I'm now on secondment i've been on secondment since may um so i haven't been involved in um some of the more recent um diversity equity and inclusion um programs but um before like for, for the better part of this year um uh, before i went on secondment i was intimately involved and was a member of the task force and um was very fortunate to see um you know the enthusiasm with which uh the firm um you know went after some of these issues that were gripping the country and you know not not unique um to ropes and gray but i think the way that we solved them um kind of uh you know highlights the the difference between ropes and, and some other um law firms and organizations in general yeah i think that's been my finding as well you you mentioned that you're on secondment maybe we should just uh clarify for the listeners i know i hadn't yeah. heard that term before uh before i joined the firm secondment is when you're sort of on loan to a client and there it takes different forms um but in in short rather than you know a, a client just paying the firm for you to do work you know as it, here and there as it comes up uh, at the firm you're more sort of lo- you're more sort of working within the client itself and you're still employed by the firm by the firm being ropes but you you know are working on a day-to-day basis for the client um is that is that uh about right for your secondment that's 100% right and you know um it, it also touches on a few things that we were talking about before so um through my informal um mentorship uh, one of the partners for the client um I'm seconded to um I let them know that I'd be interested in a secondment and then as part of our um diversity efforts um one of the initiatives was to make sure that we're being more um equitable in including diverse associates in secondment opportunities and pitch opportunities um client interfacing and things like that and so it all kind of came together um and um you know I'm fortunate enough to be spending time at one of the firm's um top 5 if not if not top 3 clients and getting a lot of experience um and exposure in that way yeah interesting yeah you mentioned that there is an effort to uh offer secondments more broadly as part of our diversity equity and inclusion initiatives i i think it's an interesting point also to raise that the firm is moved pretty far from the uh rather rigid typical law firm approach where you know it's up and out you're an associate you make partner or you leave 
the firm sort of in effort to keep talent in-house as much as possible, recognizing that, you know, partnership attract associate is not the right path for everyone, has tons of different roles and opportunities. So obviously secondment being one of them, you know, understanding that people leave and come back like you have is another, but also just having career associates, offsite fund attorneys, people who have different, all have different deals with the firm in terms of how many hours they work, in terms of what types of projects they work on. The the firm sort of made a point of, of offering over the last 10 years or so, increasing optionality to make sure that people can continue to do the type of work that they want to do. And if they're talented, keep them here at Ropes rather than have them go elsewhere. No, that's exactly right. And the paternity, you know, support that I received um, while at Ropes was amazing. Um, And, you know, while I didn't take part in them, there's so many different options, um, you know, for parents, um, to your point, there's flexibility in, in, in tracks. Um, There's also flexibility in, in um, capacity. So there are some people that are on, um, flex programs that place them at 80% or 50%. Um, um, there are some people that um, are able to engage in the Ropes Go program, which allows you to spend time at another office if their spouse or their family member um, situations, uh, or if, if there's a practice group need that calls them to that office. Um, and um, so just a period of just like flexible and, and great arrangements Right, just the recognition that we're all different people and being respectful of us each having different drivers and different motivating factors and wanting to get the best work out of the best people without unnecessarily making life difficult for people, I think has been uh, a major driving factor at the firm. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. So we got sidetracked by a bunch of really interesting conversations about your secondment, then you're leaving and returning. But I I should probably ask a bit more about what is that you do in asset management in particular and sports law, you know, what your focus areas are in terms of the types of work that you do uh, and what your day-to-day looks like. Being in-house with the Oakland A's and then being on secondment again as an asset manager, I really better understand what what is required and what is um, what value associates can can add. And I think that it's um, mostly just thinking about what issues and problems you can solve for the person immediately above you. Um, so you come in as a, as a first-year associate. Um, most likely, you're going to be interacting um, for a majority of the time with a third-year associate. As a rising six-year for me, I'm looking at senior associates and, and, and counsel and partners and trying to to think about what questions they'll have and the questions that they'll have are likely the questions that the client's going to have. And so, um, you know, trying to make sure that you know, I'm adding value to everyone I'm speaking with from a common perspective, I'm, I'm looked at as the client because I'm separated from ropes. And so for me trying to look down the line to see what, what projects are coming, how to manage um, those projects. So I'm not, you know, bulldozing through on Friday at 3 p.m. with a bunch of assignments that need to get done by Monday. Um, So trying to manage the business teams internally here at the client so that I know better how the business works, when they're going to, when they're expecting things, what's required 
um, for them to be able to to trade and things like that. And so, um, you know, a little bit of a shift um, from being an associate to being, you know, um, air quotes, the client. Um, but on a day-to-day basis, you're really just trying to add value in whatever situation you're in. And that comes from, you know, attention to detail, learning from people, finding good mentors, um, asking the questions that you think are stupid, um, and just, you know, being a sponge um, to all the experiences and the, and the substance of knowledge that you can. Yeah, I think the point about adding value in whatever way you can is, is really a huge lesson for that you have to learn as a junior associate. People join the firm and feel uncomfortable with the fact that they don't know quite as much as everyone more senior than them. And that feeling sort of persists because there'll always be someone who knows a little more than you do. And the point is just to make sure, what can I do to facilitate this piece of it that's on my plate and make it easier for the for the person who's looking at it next, recognizing that it's probably a bigger slice of my overall plate than it is of theirs. So I have the time, like you said, to look through all the documents and summarize them, or I have the time to make sure I'm attaching the documents to the email when I send it to them. And that's essentially what distinguishes a good junior associate. I mean, among other things, but it's one of the big distinguishing factors between a good junior associate and a poor one. It's not always substantive knowledge, but it's just that attentiveness to the fact that your job is to help make other people's review easier and you're or thinking about an issue easier or providing the background they need. You know, the the no one expects you to have the substantive answer on day one to every single question. Over time you build substantive knowledge and you can provide substantive value. But until then y- your value is that you have time and attention and you're a critical a good critical thinker and you can work through issues and present them in a way that is helpful. So yeah, that's all interesting. So I think that was a good sense of sort of generically what you do. Can you talk to us a little more substantively about what your practice area is within the firm? So I do private funds, fundraising work, and I do a bunch of transactional work too, which I've talked about on the podcast before, but maybe you can give listeners a sense of what it is that you do at the firm. That's a good question. I, so um, I joined and I was in the hedge funds group, but um, for my first three years, I worked almost exclusively on closing credit funds. So I was really a, a, a private investment funds attorney. And then coming back, um, I worked on a few open-end products, uh, open-end being hedge funds, um, being, meaning that um, while private funds might not have liquidity for um, whatever the investment period is, whether it's three, four, six, ten years, open-end funds, um, have liquidity um, sometimes on 30, 45, 60 days. Um, and so I worked on a few open-end products, but again, um, majority being closed-end products and then um, some family office work and then my sports work. And so um, I think substantively um, as a mid-level to junior associate, um, I've been living in um, – uh, fund launches, um, you know, updating if we're looking at a follow-on fund or another iteration of a, of a, of a previous fund, um, updating offering documents and um, organizational documents. So the offering documents being a, 
confidential or private um, offering or placement memorandum. The fund documents being the LPA or uh, limited partnership agreement or limited liability company agreement. Um, and then side letters um, where investors are negotiating, um, you know, investor specific changes that they want or clarifications that they want with respect to um, those organizational documents. So I really lived in, in, in offering document and side letter land for um, the majority of my, my career. Um, and then, um, on the sports side, um, we represented um, both companies, individuals, um, um, teams, and organizations um, in sponsorship agreements. So if you know you've ever been to a sporting event, you see a big banner for Anheuser Busch or Miller Lite or um, Kaiser Permanente <laughs> um, Health Insurance. Um, the licenses and rights associated with um, that advertising are, are pretty heavily negotiated um, items. And so we've worked with them on that. Um, we've worked with the NFL in helping them craft their diversity and inclusion policies and um, some of their um, diversity hiring rules um, that they've been developing over the last couple of years. So, and what you're doing in your secondment now, is that asset management related? That's right. Oh, all asset management related. Are you doing fun, are you doing mostly fundraising work for open end or you're doing closed end too or what's the what's the make overall? So the good thing about it is that so our um the group that I'm in is the alternative fund, so both open end and private funds and I've gotten a good mix of both, um, given my experience. Um so um working on um a closed end real estate focused fund, um I just had its first closing um, maybe a month and a half ago. And then I'm also working on an open and emerging market strategy fund of one, who's one investor um, for about a billion dollars and that's set to close um, at the end of next month. Um, so a, a good mix of both, kind of mirroring my um, experience at Ropes. Are you working with people at Ropes on any of this? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Every day. Um, working with the with the team at Ropes, and um, so I'm one of two secundees that um, from Ropes that's currently in the department, and um, uh, a former asset management associate um, at Ropes, George Baxter, is now with the client. So um, work with work with a lot of Ropes folks on a daily basis. It's it's, uh, it's really great. What's that experience like from the other side of the curtain? I have uh, I have one of my closest friends from the firm left to go to a client and is now a client of mine. So that's a funny interaction for me, but what's it like on the <laughs> other side? <laughs> I mean, it's, it's, it's definitely interesting. I mean, it's sometimes tough asking a partner that you know is going to be able to give you some work um, to do an annoying annoying project once you're on the, the client side. So you got to ask this person that, uh, you know, to do something that you know is going to be pretty pretty tough and time-consuming. So that's a little awkward when they're usually the person that's asking you to do the um, Right. The, the tough assignments and you know, everybody's been great and they understand the dynamic and when you're doing work at, at ropes you're you're really in the weeds and you're looking for every punctuation and 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 um you know concept and you're giving everything a, a very comprehensive review. When I get something at when I'm an associate at ropes and gray, I, I own it so I go through it with a fine tooth comb. 
And for the first couple of, of months, um, I was still doing that when I would get something from ropes um, on the client side. And it just was a little inefficient because, you know, um, a ropes attorney is a ropes attorney. So they've already kind of done that for you. And you have to kind of transition from being a law firm lawyer to being more of a facilitator and a, and a business lawyer. Um, George Baxter explained it to me as when you're on the law firm side, you're um, the executive chef. And so you're cooking the entire dish and then when you're on the client side you're more of a an expediter you're kind of just shuffling making sure the food looks right and then giving it to the waiter to take to their table which is the business team so um that that's the big difference you're not really cooking the documents or or in the weeds there but you're more um you know facilitating the legal process from um from the in-house side and getting confirmations from business folks and and things like that yeah, interesting. I've always thought of myself as more of an eater than anything else. Yeah. <laughs> but I guess I guess I'll start telling people I'm a chef. There you go. Fascinating. And what do you what is it that you like about funds work in particular? Um, I think that again, for me a lot of it is the people, but um the sophistication of it and the different challenges every day. You never get bored. Once you feel like you've kind of gotten a grip on on a certain subject or, or, or aspect of the law, um, you know, there's always more to uncover the, the, the fact that you're applying to the law are changing on a daily basis. The needs of the clients are changing. Um, and so it, it's just an ever evolving space. And so you never can really get bored. That's, that's probably my favorite piece of it. Yeah. Interesting. That's one of my favorite pieces. Also, I, I say that in general about being at a firm all the time that the reason I like the firm model is it's inherently built on you doing the peak most difficult thing you can do from a conceptual perspective not that you have to push yourself physically but you know the concept is always that you should you shouldn't just be doing something that a first year could easily be doing over and over again because that's why they're first years right the first years are learning how to do you know, sub doc subscription agreement intake for the first time, you shouldn't be doing that as the mid-level or the senior associate on the project. You should have already moved on to, you know, being responsible for drafting the subscription agreements in all cases or, you know, doing substantive negotiations or, you know, you're always being pushed to, to grow to the next spot. And I think you're totally right. That's been consistent with my experience within asset management also is that even on a substantive level, there are so many products, like you said, you've spent a large part of your career doing credit funds. I have not spent that much of my career doing credit funds. I've worked on a few, uh, and I hope to work on some more, but there are other types of products, right? And and I've talked at length in prior episodes about how a large part of my career was focused on the investor side at the beginning, then on the fundraising side in the middle, and of late is split between the fundraising side and all these transactions that are bespoke deals for recapping vehicle recapping investments into new vehicles from existing funds or spinning out management teams from one company to another or from one company to their own new entity all these types of interesting transactions and like you said even within just the general fundraising there's always different considerations for each uh sponsor in terms of the things that they're focused on in terms of how long the sponsor has been around i work with tons of clients who are brand new clients. And so I get to be involved in day one and, you know, figure out what the documents should look like, what their structure should look like, et cetera. And then I have plenty of clients who have been around forever and know exactly what they're doing 
And what I'm doing is providing them service on a totally different plane, right? I'm providing them more facilitating services or helping coordination or those types of things. And there's always different focuses on the investment side and those le end up leading to differences on the legal side as well. And so there's really such a, such a broad, broad world where it's not just lather, rinse, repeat over and over again. That's right. That's exactly right. Did you have any background that led you into asset management? Had you done any asset management before? I know you mentioned no experience in the lawyer world before, but what about other backgrounds from college or otherwise or um, that drove you to, to go into asset management? No. Um, I know I want to do corporate law. I'd, I'd done some accounting and before going to law school and my um, like undergrad studies were in finance. And um, and so I know I want to do something corporate, but it was really just the people in the asset management group, particularly the, the hedge funds group that, uh, that kind of drew me in. Oh, amazing. And you didn't think about doing tax or something with an accounting background? <laughs> no, no. Our tax group, those, uh, they're uh, they're on a different level intellectually than anybody I've ever met. So <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not sure I could, I'm not sure I could run with those with those people. Fair point. Fair point. What do you think the the culture is, if you had to put a finger on it, of of your group? And you can comment on the culture of the firm generally, but since you were focused on picking asset management because of the culture or hedge funds because of the culture, what do you think that culture is like? Oh man, I think it's just like uh, really a, just a group of normal people. Um, even though you know uh, there are a group of people that have, have accomplished um, you know fairly a lot um, by any other means uh, or standards, but like everybody's really down to earth. Everybody's really nice. Everybody there aren't any sharp elbows that I've I've experienced. You know. Um, nobody really takes themselves too seriously, right? They could be mo working on the most complicated transaction, billions of dollars and, and, and things like that. Um, but everybody at the end of the day is just normal people with families, with issues and, and they're cognizant of that. You know what I mean? They, they it's kind of, it's just kind of hard to explain being in other places um, outside the firm and seeing how people react to issues and items that are sometimes less sophisticated than what we deal with at the firm and do so with, uh, you know, bad attitudes or sharp elbows or with uh, an air of superiority. Um, it is always just a, a breath of fresh air to, to come to, um, come to ropes and be around um, really good people. I always joke that, uh, you know, lawyers are like answering machines. You just press a button and they'll spit out the right answer. Because um, re they've rehearsed it, but it's not really necessarily like, you know, what what they really mean or feel as, it, as um, genuinely or organically. But I feel like, um, you know, the uh, the culture of, of, of ropes is to be a normal person, to be a good person, to be a caring person. And, you know, they, they bring you into the firm because they assume that you're smart enough to handle all the substantive stuff. Um, so they just want to make sure that, uh, you know, you're good, good, nice and, and, uh, and, and, and normal, normal people. Yeah. Normal in the sense of organic, not in the sense of any type of cookie cutter, uh, uh, perception or, or framework or, or stereotype. Yeah. Yeah. I'll say I, I had not heard this before, but we spoke to young Yoon and he said that he's heard it described as 
smart but unassuming, which I which I really yeah. I really liked as an as a descriptor because I think it, young Yoon, uh, Young Yoon's the man. So that yeah. that <laughs> those are probably that he would come up with the quote of the year. That that's exactly it though. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I think it's smart but unassuming is a is a good description. So you talked a little bit about what the social events were like in hedge funds. You mentioned the um, the karaoke stuff. I don't know if you've been on secondment the whole time, but has there been uh, any activity since COVID started? Any efforts to sort of keep connected, or or what's that been like? Oh man, I think when those started, I was just um, going out on secondment, but um, you know, even while on secondment, once um, everything was safe and um, everyone was vaccinated, I was able to get um, dinners and lunches with um, you know some of those partners that. I have those um, those informal mentorship relationships with whether that's uh, you know Katie and um, Rob Roberts. We got to grab lunch, and um, Jeff Cash was able to grab a few lunches and a couple dinners with him. Um, some coffees too. Um, Jeff is a really good good friend and mentor of mine. Um, I really appreciate. So and then just kind of bringing people together um, um, for I think we had a, we had a farewell. Um, for an associate that was moving to the San Francisco office. Um, I know that um, the African-American associates and and and, um, and summer associates were able to, to get together um, a little bit over the summer um, on an informal basis. Um, um, I wasn't able to participate in that because uh, I was able to comment, but those are some of the things that I've heard of and, and um, some of them that I was able to participate in. So it's good to see um, you know, that in-person community um, come back together. But, um, you know, I also think that Rope's done a great job of, of making the virtual feel less disjointed or separated, um, you know, and so that's been good. Yeah, I think they've, I think they've done everything they can without over-fatiguing over <laughs> everyone on, uh, on Zoom, which is, I found to be much more tiring than in-person interactions. Um, but okay, awesome. And then it sounds like you maybe the answer to this question is spending lots of time with your family, but what, can you tell us something you do in your spare time when you're not at the computer console for, for the firm? Oh man. Yeah. Spend a lot of time with the kids and the family. Um, honestly, I, I spend a lot of time with, um, with my friends and, and colleagues at work. So it's not just like a, you know, oh, I know this person from work, um, and then I'll only see them in the halls of Ropes and Gray. Um, a couple weekends ago, um, somebody from my summer class had their bachelor party in Vegas. So I was in Vegas with a bunch of other former Ropes and Gray um, associates that are now at Ropes and Gray clients. And, um, you know, it was, these are guys that I, you know, um, travel with and hang out with. And um, if I go to New York, I'll see them if they come to Boston. We'll hang out. Um, you know, I'm I'm at the age and I have enough kids where Vegas is no longer fun. It's more of like a <laughs> obligation. But <laughs> it was good to go and see them, and, and I kind of I convinced myself that it was good for client development to go and uh, hang out with these guys that are now in house at, uh, at at Ropes and Great Clients. But no, I I hang out with 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 friends and family, and um, you know. Um, travel and um you know play pickup sports or or go to the gym and and things like that just things to um kind of kind of just break up 
break up the day, break up the week, break up the month, and, um, you know, um, a little bit of everything. Love going to sporting events um, um, and things like that. Yeah, I, I feel you on the Vegas thing. I think if I went to Vegas without my kids, I would just sleep because I need to catch yeah. up on sleep when my kids aren't around to wake That's me. True. So I definitely feel you on that. Great, GD. Thanks so much for joining me and sharing your insights into the asset management group, secondment, and your experience being a returning attorney at the firm. Uh, I especially thank you for taking time out. I know while you're on secondment right now to join us. So thank you for that. And thank you to our listeners. We hope you found this to be helpful. If there's a specific practice group or area you'd like us to cover in a future episode, please reach out to me directly. I'd love to hear from you. If you're a law student or recent graduate who would like to learn more, please visit our website at ropesgrayrecruiting.com or check us out on Instagram at at ropesgray. You can subscribe to this series wherever you typically listen to podcasts, including on Apple, Google, and Spotify. Please look out for future episodes and share with your friends. Thanks again for listening and see you on the next episode.